0: You know, we can't do anything about six months from now. We have gotta go day by day. If you don't like it, then you're welcome to leave. But that's the way that we do things around here. we am playing New Jersey, man, so there's gonna be some chippiness, there's gonna be some griminess, but we're leaving it within the line. Not take a team like that. Once a giant, always a giant. For me, it's only a giant. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of All In with Art Stapleton, a New York Giants podcast brought to you by the USA Today Network. I am your host, Art Stapleton, and we are in week 17 of the NFL season. Obviously, as you know, in years past, this would be the final week of the regular season. Not anymore. Week 18 looms next week. Every team will play 17 games this season. And for your New York Giants, the 4-11 reality is really starting to hit home. It's been hitting home for a while. Five straight seasons with double-digit losses. Mathematically eliminated from the playoffs on Sunday in Philadelphia. And really, an implosion of a second half. The game was tight early But the Giants just couldn't get anything done offensively. The quarterback play has really been abysmal since Daniel Jones suffered his neck injury unknowingly, really, to most everyone in MetLife Stadium about a month ago when the Giants actually picked up their last victory against those same Eagles. This time, second half, just not good enough offensively. Defense ended up giving some big plays up late. But overall, at this point, there really is no certainty as to where the Giants will be in about a month other than being home from the postseason and trying to figure out what went wrong in 2021. The expectations are that Dave Gettleman will exit as general manager. I think that's pretty fair to say. Anyone you talk to in the building believes that that's where it's headed. How his departure comes about, I'm just not sure at this point. I don't know if it comes out with a press release from ownership saying that Dave Gettleman has been relieved of his duties as general manager. I don't know if it comes out with a statement from Dave Gettleman saying that he is retiring or leaving his position as general manager of the Giants. But either way, the writing is has been on the wall for a while. Uh, And I just think that with the situation as it is, that is a move that's going to make. I was on record when the Giants decided to fire Pat Shermer after two years that that is when they needed to make their break with Dave Gettleman as well. Ownership thought differently, kept him around. They've now had Gettleman here for two years with, with Joe Judge, Uh, There is some certainty uh, in a report from ESPN on Sunday saying that Judge will be back. Uh, I think I don't want to say pump the brakes on that, but I don't know if that's written in stone just yet. I think these last two weeks and I believe when Joe Judge has his meeting with ownership after the season, you would imagine something like that has to happen. I think there will be a series of questions to ask judge where things went wrong because he is culpable in some of this as well. You know, the team just didn't play well in certain areas early in the season, especially. And those two games that they did not win in Washington and then at home against Atlanta really, really shaped this season for the giants. They gave away two games potentially one for certain in Washington. And then the second one with Atlanta at home, you just can't lose those games. If you want to be a a team that's in contention. And now when you've gotten to this point, look, there are a lot of injuries that truly affect this team. It's not an excuse to say being on your fourth left guard, Affected your offensive line play. It doesn't mean that the number one left guard you had penciled in the start in Shane Lemieux would have been the end all be all Quentin Nelson 2.0. But the fact remains is that the Giants went into July believing that Shane Lemieux would have an opportunity to be a much better player at left guard than what they've gotten from the Ben Bredison's, the Matt Skuras, uh, and really anyone else who's been in that position, uh, the Wes Martins, uh, that has been tough. Losing Nick Gates at center, that was obviously a big blow. Even with the Giants saying they were going to move Gates to guard and play Billy Price at center, I would have liked to see how Nick Gates performed at guard this season before suffering that devastating leg injury. So those kind of moves, those kind of injuries, they don't necessarily mean that the Giants would have been 11-4, and but I think they probably would have been a little bit more competitive up front on the offensive line. I don't know how much more competitive. That still doesn't solve the problem of right tackle, why Matt Parrott, who unfortunately suffered an ACL injury on Sunday, why he couldn't overtake Nate Solder at right tackle, why Will Hernandez uh, has seemingly regressed yet again. uh, And let's just face it. He's just not the player he was in his rookie season. Unfortunately, that is a theme for the giants at this juncture of the roster is that there are a lot of guys who have regressed uh, and tailed off and probably come back to where their standard is rather than where their standard was. And I think that's an unfortunate situation. So we'll touch on a a couple different topics. This week's program, I'm flying solo. Try to work some guests out. And those guests are still in the mix uh, for whether it's next week or in the postseason to bring on the show uh, But it just didn't work Outside the building There were a couple guests that I tried lining up It just didn't work out schedule wise And then inside the building I was working on a couple different players But because the players are on strict remote uh, Their schedules are a little Haphazard right now So they're trying to get used to Again you know, Whether it's meetings or Lifting or However that may be uh, it just didn't work out. So instead of pushing the show back this week, I wanted to be able to come on and kind of hit some big topics. So if if that's what we got to do, that's what we got to do. We keep rolling, all in. We've made it this far. We want to keep going. So it's unfortunate this is the first week without a guest, but you'll have to deal with me and... uh And enjoy my presence here on All In. We'll get to a couple different topics, but first off, wanted to remind you, today's show, as always, is brought to you by Typico Sportsbook, a global sports betting leader now live in New Jersey and Colorado. Make your favorite sports more interesting with Typico's fast and easy mobile sportsbook app. For a limited time, new users from this podcast will enjoy a special welcome bonus Terms and conditions apply, 21 and over. See site for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Get your bonus today at usatodaybet.com slash podcast. That's usatodaybet.com slash podcast. So our friends with, from Tipico have been with us really since the beginning of the season. So want to thank them for their involvement, not just with the USA Today Network, but also with our podcast. And we look forward to more partnerships down the road. Want to hit on a couple different topics today. Obviously, the passing of an icon, John Madden. I ended up writing a story about John Madden and his connection to the Giants, both what happened back in 2007 with Tom Coughlin and the inspiration that Joe Judge hopes his players can draw from, from John Madden. I'll get to that in a little bit. Also want to talk the draft prospects for this game this weekend. It's Sunday in Chicago at Soldier Field. Giants and Bears. Obviously, you know the Giants own the Bears pick in the first round of the 2022 NFL Draft. So the result does matter for the Giants. Not so much the Bears, but really both sides The bottom line is, and I'll get to it a little later, the Giants need a clean result because you need to help one of the picks. You can't hurt both picks, and I'll explain that in a couple minutes. But first, before we get to those two, I wanted to talk about Saquon Barkley, and that will be a... Big storyline heading into Chicago, as big a storyline as there can be with a team that's 4-11 and going against the Bears, who are also playing out the string. As you know, Saquon Barkley blew out his knee, the ACL injury on the first play of the second quarter last season in week two in Chicago against the Bears. Had to be carted off. We remember the anguish on Barkley's face, Joe Judge's promise that a greater comeback would be written. This has been a very difficult season for Saquon Barkley. He had to overcome the injury and come back. He had an ankle injury just when he started getting going against the Saints first half against the Cowboys, and he steps on an opposing player's foot, sprains his ankle, and he really has not been the same since. And if you've seen press conferences with Saquon Barkley, I know that was a big topic. Uh, some of my colleagues have uh, in on the beat have talked about Saquon kind of shirking his responsibilities as a team captain and a leader. And he didn't talk after the game on Sunday to the assembled media in the Press conference. Instead, Devontae Booker came out and talked. And he, other than the two quarterbacks, Mike Lennon and Jake Fromm, Booker took the answers to why the offense had struggled. Now, I do believe that the Giants were spoiled with Eli Manning, and the media was spoiled with Eli Manning a little bit too, is that Eli knew how to handle this. And Eli also had a taste of success. Before the failure, he had the struggles, then he had success and then worldly success and then failures. The reality is that Eli developed his personality in the media and how he handled those responsibilities while they were winning. He was a winner. He was granted that after winning those two Super Bowls. I think the unfortunate thing with Saquon Barkley, and I think it's happened to several guys on this team through the years, especially since the Super Bowl in 2011, is that the losing just wears you down. It really does. And right now, from a national perspective, there's one star on the Giants, and that's really more of a celebrity personality marketability aspect of it with Saquon Barkley because he's been outplayed this season by DeVonte Booker. It's a harsh thing and a harsh reality to accept, but he's been outplayed by DeVonte Booker. And Saquon looks like a player who's guessing. And when I look at Saquon, I think the question is fair to say, a how healthy he is b Is he there psychologically to the point where he has that edge that he feels like no one is going to stop him? There was a play on Sunday in which he broke to the left side and it looked like he had open field in front of him. And he was tracked down from the backside by a linebacker who tripped him up in open space. If Saquon Barkley is right, there is no way, no linebacker in this league, maybe except for Devin White, and throw a couple other guys out there that I'm not thinking of right now. Very rare for a linebacker to track Saquon Barkley from the backside when he was at his best and 100% healthy. Even when he wasn't at his best, but he was still healthy. There's no way a running back would tackle would, would, a linebacker would be able to tackle him from behind. So, that is something that we're watching in front of us and it's it's really hard to watch. You know, because as I wrote earlier this year, Saquon Barkley had the most to gain and the most to lose in the second half of the season. And the fan base has turned on him on a dime. Some of that has to do with his draft, draft placement in 2018, being s- drafted second overall, the idea that a running back, someone at that position should not have been taken that high, that the Giants should have dra- traded that pick and try to get down maybe you try maybe you make the move before the Colts did with the Jets you make the move and you try to go down there to 6 and get Quentin Nelson instead of taking Saquon Barkley all that stuff for all of you who were on that from the very beginning I give you a lot of credit you deserve it you were right the move has not worked out and it's hurt the Giants from several different Aspects, But I do think that because of the just the disgust with Dave Gettleman, I think Saquon Barkley has kind of been joined with Gettleman at the hip. And I don't think that's necessarily fair to Barkley. Um, I, I don't think the reception that he's received on social media is fair. Personally, he's been attacked personally. I don't personally. I don't like it. I've gotta you know, I've gotta admit that. I think everything you've seen from Barkley on the field this year deserves criticism, and it's fair. Where he is, what he has left, what his contract status will be, I think that's fair game. But attacking him personally, look, this is not a bad guy right now. You're not talking about a guy who doesn't want to represent this organization the best way he knows how. And I think some people have kind of lost sight of that. Again, that does not give him a pass for all the shortcomings that he's had and the injuries and trying to get back from those injuries. But in reality, that's where we're at as far as what Barkley is dealing with. Now, another interesting aspect for for Saquon is that he was asked on our Zoom call on Wednesday, going back to Soldier Field, The scene of the injury. Does he have any emotions? Is he thinking about it? And he really downplayed it. Was not interested in getting wrapped up in talking about the injury and going back there. And the first thing that came to mind for me was another devastating injury that changed really the course of a player in Giants history, and that was Victor Cruz. And when Victor Cruz tore the patellar tendon back in 2014 at Lincoln Financial Field in Philly, we all remember the scene, the tears, going off on a cart. It was very similar to what happened with Saquon last year, at least to me. And two years later, when the Giants went to Philly, right around this time, I believe it was December 23rd, if I'm not mistaken, when they went to Philly trying to claim a postseason berth, which they ended up getting despite losing a couple days later, Victor Cruz promised that he was going to go to the exact spot in the end zone where he was injured two years earlier. And he did before the national anthem. He went to the back right corner of the end zone, took a knee, said a prayer. Then he met up with Odell Beckham jr. And the two again dropped to one knee. They stayed there for about three, four minutes And they talked about closure and trying to get to a point where he could finally put that moment past him. Cruz could. And we know the Giants ended up going on and making the playoffs that year. We know what happened in Green Bay. We know the boat trip. We know Victor Cruz ended up leaving the organization. He was cut. But that kind of moment gave him a little bit of a closure going back to Lincoln Financial Field. And I kind of thought Saquon would open up to some of those emotions. But look, he's heard all week about how he he dodged his responsibility on Sunday. Fans were pretty harsh on him. And if he didn't read it himself, I'm sure he was told that there was a lot of criticism that he allowed Devontae Booker to talk after the game on Sunday. And he didn't come out there and step up as a leader and a captain on this team. Now, in reality, no captains talked on on Sunday for the Giants. There were no captains. Part of that is because two of the quarterbacks had to speak. So, you couldn't deal with having more you know, we I think we had five players talk on on Sunday. And I don't believe anyone was a captain. I'm trying to remember. Devontae Booker talked. Lorenzo Carter talked. The two quarterbacks. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think that was pretty much it. I don't believe we had another another captain talk on Sunday. So it's going to be interesting to see Barkley back out there on the field. Does he lose time? Now, he did not practice today, Wednesday. And there is a feeling that it's a maintenance day, that he'll be back out there tomorrow. Shot down any idea that they would shut him down. So did Joe Judge. They didn't talk about they're going to shut Barkley down. But I think that's definitely something to watch. How much do the Giants push Barkley on Sunday? How much do they turn to Booker? And what are his emotions? What are his true emotions? Because I have a feeling that once we get to Sunday and they walk inside that stadium at Soldier Field and Saquon starts getting flashbacks of being in that training room and what it was like to go off on a cart and people start asking him on site, I think you're going to get a different answer. So that's the deal with Saquon. I think it's a very big storyline going into the weekend. It'll be very interesting to see how he responds against the Bears. Topic number two, the life of an icon. John Madden and his legacy It's just the timing of the documentary All Madden that aired on Fox on Christmas Day was outstanding. If you didn't see it, make sure you try to catch it. They're replaying it constantly. It's now going to be posted online, I believe, on Peacock and on ESPN+. Plus. Check it out. It's great. A lot of great stuff with Lawrence Taylor, Troy Aikman, Peyton Manning. Uh, the list goes on and on. Lamar Jackson. Uh, it, it was great stuff from, from John Madden. Uh, and to, watch, to see video of Madden watching the documentary himself, that was tremendous as well. So make sure you check that out. Uh, I ended up writing that story that I talked about today, linking the Giants to to John Madden, and that comes back to the voicemail message that Madden left Tom Coughlin, not after Super Bowl Forty Two. He left that voicemail message for Coughlin on his office phone at Giants Stadium the morning after the Giants lost to the Patriots in Week 17, how they played everybody despite having nothing, quote-unquote, to play for. Their playoff ticket was already punched. The Patriots were undefeated. But Madden reached out to Coughlin and told him how proud he was and how great it was to see a team compete the way the Giants did with really nothing at stake. So I don't think people can truly appreciate what that meant to Tom Coughlin. Talked about how much it meant to him. But really just the idea of what John Madden meant to three different, really three different generations. It was the generation that knew John Madden as a Hall of Fame coach of the Raiders, highest winning percentage of all time, gets into Canton. Then he becomes an announcer, and that was my generation, knew John Madden as it was Summerall and Madden. And that was it. It was the soundtrack of my early NFL days of watching Giants and the Cowboys and the Eagles and Washington the NFC East you knew it was a big game when Summerall and Madden were there and then you have this generation and really the generation of players who are in the NFL who know John Madden from the video game and it was Madden and you know I thought it was interesting Joe Judge talked about his players and his sons And just the idea that you want an appreciation for the man, you know, the video game. So he he tried to hit on the idea of really the message that Madden sent Coughlin back in 2007 was no meaningless games. There's no meaningless games in the NFL, according to John Madden, and the fact that The Giants have two games that really mean nothing in the standings this week, but I thought it was interesting how Judge tied that into his message for his team on Wednesday in their team meeting as they began preparing for the Bears for this week. So as I said last night, I obviously prayers to all those who worked with John Madden, his family, uh, his friends. Uh, It was a little bit eerie to having just watched that documentary to see him pass away. Uh, But as I noted, they got the best all-22 view up where Madden and Summerall are right now. They got their pick of games. Just thinking about that kind of leaves a smile on my face and realize, you know what? It's nice to think about Madden and all together again. And the last thing I would talk about this week, which I think probably most Giants fans care about most, is the tank, baby, as some fans would say. It's the draft, 2022. And it's very interesting to see where the Giants stand, where the Bears pick is. And I figured I would go over that with you a little bit. Here's my take. I've heard from a lot of people saying, I'll just root for the tie. You don't want the tie. Because the tie actually helps, at least in a positive way. A tie is bad if you're looking to tank. If you want to improve your draft status, you do not want a tie. Because that means that your pick and the other pick – Get a little bit of a positive step, and you don't want positive if you're just rooting for your draft status. Right now, the Giants are sitting at four and 11, they're tied with Houston and the Jets with the same winning percentage. Strength of schedule Giants have the highest strength of schedule, so remember when you're talking about draft status, the lowest strength of schedule gets the highest pick, if that makes any sense. So right now, Houston is third, Jets are fourth, Giants are fifth. Right on the heels of that, 6, 7, and 8 at 5 and 10, you've got Seattle at 6, that pick goes to the Jets, Carolina at 7, and then the Bears are sitting at 8, and that pick goes to the Giants. The strength of schedule between the Seattle pick, Carolina, and, and Chicago's pick is very close. How close? 510, 510, 516. And all this is from our friends at Tankathon. So, what do you need this week? Well, I think it probably helps you best if you want two top 10 picks then you have the Giants win because if you're going to want both picks in the top 10 at this point, Chicago's in danger of getting passed by Washington. And then you've got a ton of teams with seven wins. So if Chicago gets the six, it's likely that they don't fall out of the top 10, but there is still a chance that they could fall out of the top 10. And once you tumble into that group, that's all at seven and eight right now. Atlanta, Denver, Minnesota, New Orleans, Cleveland, Pittsburgh. Now you're all the way down to 15. And if the Bears win this week, and then Minnesota, I think it's Minnesota in week 17, or oh, week 18. If they lose, I think the Bears have have a, a good chance to win out if they get their mojo going. They already won in Seattle last week. So if you're a Giants fan and you want two top 10 picks, I think you root for a Giants win this week. If the Giants lose and then the Jets and Houston win this week, the Giants could go all the way up to three. So you kind of wish you had the results before you knew what the Giants had to do. But if you're a Giants fan and you think the Jets – And Houston can win this week. Jets are playing Tampa Bay, by the way, so that's not happening. So I think if you're a Giants fan, you're probably rooting to beat the Bears to keep that pick in good standing as high as it could possibly be. That's the way I would look at it. And do not be rooting for a tie. A tie does not help you in this situation if you get into tiebreaker scenarios because teams will lose and leapfrog you to get a higher pick. That's what you're guarding against when you're the Giants. So I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Hopefully everyone is continuing to have a healthy and a happy holiday season. Happy New Year. I'll be back with you next week. Hopefully we'll get a guest on to talk about the final week of the season and heading into really another off-season of change for the New York Giants. So keep it right here. Stay all in, and we will too.